Hey guys, so we're back, and the topic of this conversation is a little bit different because we're discussing GameStop. It really has nothing to do with COVID, uh, but I do think it's important, and hopefully over the course of this episode, you will too. Uh, during the episode, I actually have three different guests with me, all who are prolific in their own regard. Uh, one of my guests is a co-founder of the company Comedio. They post hilarious videos on Instagram, so I'll put a link to his uh, his Instagram page in the show notes. Also have another co-host, The New Thinker, who really helps us understand why GameStop is important at all. And I put a link to his Twitter account. And last but not least, we have Dr. Arash. He really should be talking about education, which we will do in the future. But he also is going to help us put uh, what's happening at GameStop in the larger sort of context of uh, inequality that's been rampant in our society since the beginning of time. Uh, so I hope you enjoy the episode. And oh, I can't let you off that easy. So if you're listening to the episode and you haven't left a review or you haven't subscribed officially on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, you should just pause the video right now and leave a review. Just do it. Leave a review. Okay. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, this is Chuma, and you are listening to The Silent Doc. Uh, so today we're doing something a little bit different. Uh, we don't just have one guest. We don't have two guests. We have three separate guests at the exact same time. Um, so it is it is going to get, you know, a little, a little dicey at times, but I think we can do it. Um, so, you know, most shows, as soon as the show opens, people say, we have this guest from blah, 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 background. But I, I don't necessarily want to do that uh, because this is about the ideas that people have. It's not necessarily about who people are. Um, so I'm actually just going to give each one of my guests an opportunity to introduce themselves. And then we're going to get into the topic at hand. Um, so I'll start with my first guest, uh, the who is actually an ex-roommate of mine and also the co-founder of Comedio. Um, Josh, tell us about who you are. How's it going? I'm, I'm Chuma's ex-roommate. And uh, yeah, my friend and I, we co-founded an app. It's in the app store. It's called Comedio for short, funny videos. Uh, he brought me on because he thought I might want to say something about the stock market. <laughs> though i am no expert <laughs> no extra okay all right um and so uh our second guest is uh i guess he's colloquially known as dr d so i will i will let him introduce himself 
Um, what's good, everyone? Uh, my name is Arash. Uh, I am a professor, activist, abolitionist, uh, artist, fashion designer, all of, all of the above. Um, but I have, um, I'm here because I hate capitalism. Happy to be here. Excellent. Excellent. So he, he actually dropped a lot in there. I actually probably will uh, put a link to hopefully his fashion line and then have a little check my IG page, the silent doc, because we're going to put a, a dope photo of him and his, his boy with some mask. So uh, so last guest we have is, uh, I, I usually just call him TNT, uh, but I'll let him introduce himself, uh, sir. Um, I have never actually gone by TNT, uh, but um, I, I believe you're referencing my uh, Twitter handle. Uh, which is the new thinker, two R's. Um, uh, don't choke over your laughter there, sir. Um, I am here. Um, I'm an activist. I'm a uh, data techie nerd. Um, and I also hate capitalism. Um, and I love the people. So uh, that's why I'm here. The new thinker. Excellent. Okay, so we we got the new thinker. Uh, you know, apparently TNT isn't as uh, quippy as I as I thought. So we'll we'll stick to the new thinker. <clears throat> so okay, so why? What are we even talking about here? We're talking about GameStop. Um, so you know, I will link to a couple different um, you know, explanations about what's going on just because there are a lot of particulars that people should know. But what we're going to do is something a little bit different here. As the show goes on, um, I'm going to drop some nuggets about things that are happening just so people sort of get caught up to speed as they're listening to people, I guess, discuss the issue at hand. So we're we're putting the, the cart before the horse, uh, and we'll see how it works out. So I'll just give a little brief overview, probably things you've been seeing, right? And when, when it comes to GameStop, you've probably seen um, – memes that have things like stonks you've probably seen rocket ships or people saying going to the moon all these things that don't necessarily make sense um so basically i think the the most important things to know are one you know robin hood is a stock brokerage that was developed a few years ago um online that basically gave people the opportunity to uh essentially buy stocks commission free and so what that did was allow people to it sort of like democratize the ability to, to to buy stocks right so people could then instead of having to pay you know commission fees that was i think a large barrier to the average person getting into stocks they could do it without that um and so very recently a stock um gamestop actually ended up increasing many fold surprisingly um well, not surprisingly to some people, uh, like these Redditors who were on the Wall Street Bets forum, who were, instead of betting on the stock going down, they actually, you know, put money into this this um, this stock, which actually made the price go up. Um, and in most cases, when stocks go from very low prices to high prices, you know, usually it's a pretty good thing, um, unless you stand to lose a great deal of money if that stock goes up. Uh, and that was the case because a lot of corporations had what they call short positions uh, in basically game stock because they were presuming that the stock would go down instead of up. Uh, and that's sort of the first thing that people might find kind of confusing. I think we understand like a stock is like a share in a company 
and that side can go up or down based upon what we think the company's worth. Um, but when it comes to like a short or shorting a company, that's a little confusing. Um, so I don't deal a lot with so much of these stocks as much as um, Josh does. So I kind of just want, I kind of wanted to see if Josh, could you just explain what they mean when they say, uh, when you're shorting a company or whatnot, what does that actually mean? Yeah, well, first thing I want to say is I think capitalism is great. So um, so those two positions, anytime you can buy something, I think the, the way to think of it is I'm either buying something that I want to hold that's going to gain value or I'm buying something and I don't want it to gain value. I want it to lose. And when you think of something gaining value, like just think of a house. Like you buy a house, you're in it for the long term. Your house is going to gain value. And eventually when it gets you know older, you sell it and you make a little profit. That's a long position. And that's what some stocks can be, some bonds can be, whatever the like financial instrument is. It's long. And that's what most people deal with in in regular traders. Okay. Um is, is the opposite, where let's say GameStop was a dollar and you were expecting it to go to ten cents or zero almost. You're making money as it comes down. And the problem with that is while Something can only go to zero. If you put $1,000 in the market and it goes to zero, then you lose all your money. The problem with shorting is there's no limit on how high something can go. So it's very risky. And it's something that most people, regular traders, will avoid. Um, in this case, there's uh, hedge funds, which are groups of uh, people that invest money and manage it um, professionally to make money for others. They took short positions um, in GameStop because there was a lot of things going against GameStop. Um, people are buying stuff online. Uh, they were not making as much money. It was on its way out, and they kind of just jumped on the, the train like, hey, this thing's coming down. Let's try to make as much money off of it as we can. And that's basically forced the price to drop even more. Um, I didn't see this Reddit forum, but apparently people got together and said, hey, what if we just all bought GameStop, which everyone's shorting or the big guys are shorting right now. If we all buy it because the way the stock market works, it's 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 not just the value of the company. It's what other people think the value is. So if a bunch, enough people buy something, it's going to look valuable and the price is going to go up. So the next person pays more and pays more. So what they did was they basically just bum rushed uh, the GameStop shock, stock and raised the price and because of the way short selling works, these uh, big companies, there's no limit to how much money they can lose. And they kept losing. And, and you factor that in with the fact that these companies are borrowing money to gamble with. They just went bankrupt. Hmm. And So I guess I guess one of the things that I just want to make sure is clarified is, um, I guess, the idea. People have talked a lot about, I guess, shorting. And the idea of like naked shorting, um, I guess the way it was explained to me is like, so if I, let's say if I was Melvin Capital, I guess it kind of sounds like in order to short, you borrow shares and then you sell them at a price. Let's say like I sold them at four bucks in hopes that it would, the, the company would lose value and then I could buy those back at a lower price, like maybe $3. And so in that, I've sort of profited, as long as the company loses value, I profit a dollar per share. Um, I don't know the term naked shorting. Um, I just would keep it simple, like like long and short. 
anything that you expect something to do better is a long position. Oh, it can be a stock, okay. it can be an option, it can be a derivative of it, it can be anything, but you expect it to do better. Anything that you're expecting it to do worse, and that could be a short position in the stock, like GameStop stock, that's a short. It's going to go down, you're going to make money. Um, I think what you're describing maybe is is an option, and there's different options that um, would be the long position or in different options that are the, the short position. But at the end of the day, <laughs> you're gambling for something to go up or for something to go down. And the problem with gambling for something to go down is there's no limit on how much money you can lose. And the other problem with, with the investment market in general is that most people who are institutions are taking out loans to gamble with. So you take people who don't even have the money that they're putting in, and then they lose who knows how much because there's no limit. And it's already like leveraged, who knows, 10, 100 to 1. They don't even have the money. So right. yeah. it's like... It's, so I it's guess, yeah, I, I mean, I think one of the things that people were pretty upset about um, was, I guess, the idea that uh, Robinhood, you know, on one of these days when the stock, game stock was going up um, and a lot of these companies had, I guess, a, a great deal to lose, um, Robinhood prevented its uh, its own owners from, from buying any more GameStop um, stock thereby like arbitrarily potentially you know dropping the price and i guess some people are are worried that you know because in the tenants you know of you know robinhood itself you know it's supposed to be this uh company that you know i guess upholds values that robinhood himself had which is like taken back from the wealthy and in some ways giving it to the poor um this almost sounds like a company that's sort of gone back on its morals i don't know if arash if you could chime in there like do you i don't know if you if you own robin hood or like if you know people who do um do you think there's a problem there or like well, that that people should, we should do yeah about so, that? i don't know um yeah yeah no i mean it sounds like a foolproof system right this capitalism thing so <laughs> I, it isn't the first time that robin hood's been in this kind of controversy i know like in december the sec i'm sorry the securities and exchange exchange commission yeah, yeah. Uh, they literally fined them for 65 million dollars for misleading statements about their revenue and like customer communications about the payment of their order flow process so this is not the first time that they've done something i would say at least opaque to their customers who they purport to serve when actually hedge funds like citadel are some of the ones that were betting against GameStop. And Citadel is actually an investor, $34 million investor in Robinhood. Hmm. So um, it seems like what the parable here is, is that the house always wins, right? And so if you're working in a system where the house always wins and they can, of their own volition, decide that, nope, you're winning too much and then just pull the rug out from their customers, then I would say that their name is a misnomer. It's performative art and they should be dismantled. Um, there is no reason why we should at, at this point feel sorry for the people who are um, quite frankly being manipulative with their customers. So if they can at least be honest, they shouldn't even exist. Um, and the SEC agrees because in the last year, Robinhood's actually been fined a hundred million. So this isn't like Robinhood just all of a sudden made a bad mistake. This is now a trend that's getting to the point of extortion for on behalf of this hedge funds that are actually investors. 
So it seems like there's a dissonance and at the very least shadiness when they say that because their user agreement allows them to do it, that it should happen. Um, I would say that I don't know, Chuma, if you want to dive into some like tangents that are comparable to this analogy in terms of like talking about the vaccines and what we talked about last week. Right. I can probably get into that later, but I just wanted to say like just off rip, like if a service is free, you are the product, right? And so like Robinhood users thinking that the service was accountable to them, but actually it exerts. It obviously exists to serve giant Wall Street institutions like Citadel and other hedge funds that Josh was talking about mm-hmm. is is absolutely why they will always suicide bomb their own business models to protect the real powers. And this is a fact. That's why this happened. So um, I'll just leave it at that and let you all. Yeah, I, I do want to jump in if I could. I, I have no problem with like free market and capitalism, but I think it's not fair that though. This yeah, slavery was built on time, and like when 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 it's a large you know corporation that does this gambling, <laughs> and then gets screwed. In this case, they got screwed and went bankrupt. Now they want to change the rules. It's like why can't they do that when a random guy made a mistake and bought GameStop, right? Like I mean, or sold GameStop. Like like why is it only when it's a giant company that does it? Like I I just think if if they're gonna be consistent, that'd be fine. Like. If Robin Hood said, okay, everyone can buy GameStop, whatever, you know, they're making money from it. It happens. They shouldn't have to basically freeze and protect, I guess, their investors. I don't I don't know if uh, if anyone else knows. If, were there other institutions besides Robin Hood that were blocking people from buying GameStop? Um, I don't, I mean, I know yeah. uh, there's the Fidelity app. I don't know if the Fidelity so, app was doing it, John. I know, oh, you know, I know Ameritrade uh, for some portion of time. There's also another stack app called uh, Weeble. They were also preventing their customers from buying. What about Fidelity? That's the one I know my friends use, the Fidelity app. I don't know if Fidelity, I think, I think if you were on Fidelity, you could continue to buy. Um mm. I mean, this, that's kind of, it's it's just a hypocr- it's hypocritical. I mean, like, yes, big it is market it's like look you make mistakes you have unlimited amount to fail you you could literally lose unlimited amount of money you already leveraged out who knows out the wazoo so all this money's like borrowed and they're gambling with it then if if something royally fucks up they just get bailed out i mean i don't know i, I think i think other people are mad at like now they realize they can just basically screw over a hedge fund and, and it's really time's gonna tell what you know what consequences they'll face that's fair i would say just to can i piggyback off of something josh said because i actually agree with the last statement that josh made in that the long and i think just to add i agree with what josh said and the long-term consequence which i think is a subtext of what josh said to not holding a situation like this accountable at least the big powers that are manipulating robin hood because i do think it's unfair to put it all on robin hood they're investors are the ones who are playing both sides. Those hedge funders are the ones that are playing both sides. So um, I, I think that if they are not consistent and they are continue to remain hypocritical, um, they being companies like Robinhood, the long-term implications for them in terms of just, just from a cursory glance of their name and their synopsis on their website, um, they will lose customers off of this and eventually will make perhaps even have to fold if their goal is to reach the layman who doesn't normally play the stock market. So 
they have to absolutely hold themselves accountable because if they don't, you're going to lose people. People will go somewhere else. Like Chuma said himself, there are other options. So even now, and there's other options being built as we speak. So it would be bad. It would, it would behoove Robin Hood um, to do right by their customers right now. Otherwise people will have, there will be a mass exodus, not, not to mention class action lawsuits at the wazoo. So, yeah. Um, so I feel like I'm, I'm shutting the new thinker out. Uh, do you have, uh, do you agree, disagree? I mean, there's, I guess there's, there was a lot there. I don't know if you wanted to, to chime in. <clears throat> um, yeah, I mean, I don't, uh, I don't know how much more I can add to it. Um, other than, uh, you know, it's interesting that your uh, ex, ex roommate, um, loves capitalism, but is critiquing essentially how capitalism functions this is this is the very structure of capitalism like the, the one of the things that i i think is actually interesting about the mythology around capitalism is that it's this kind of stochastic process that has it has its own rules and then just functions accordingly and uh, sometimes there's these blips these uh, anomalies in the system but the anomalies are how the the system disciplines its disciplines itself and so when you see uh, these big money interests putting pressures on both brokerages. Um, that is because of how the, the massive pool of money that exists in those structures um, and them um, creating the conditions by, listen, I, I, I actually agree a lot with um, Robin Hood's kind of like idea model. We're bringing stocks to everybody, going to democratize this kind of um what you might call it, um, stock market process, because like 10%, I think it's 10% of uh, the 10% of people own 80% of the stocks or something like mm -hmm. that. Um, you're going to fact check me on that, but it's, it's enormously in, unequal, right? right? right. Unequal. Yeah. Um, but so I like that premise, but it reminds me of like The Wire with, um, what was it, uh, Mayor Calcetti or something Arcady. like that? Yeah. Um, when he believes in like making political change through the system. And then as the higher he gets up, the more the forces around him stop him from doing enacting that change. And then eventually he becomes a part of the system. To me, I feel like that's what Robin Hood is, right? So you have this, this narrative around the small people you can join too. You can get wealthy if you have some expendable cash. But then now we're seeing the system correct itself and, and reestablish this type of economic dominance for power centers, which, by the way, those power centers manipulate the market every single day in, in stocks that you damn near don't even, have never even heard of in terms of Goldman Sachs limiting uh, distribution uh, routes for certain um, particular uh, minerals and things like that and driving stock prices up. Uh, they, they are experts in market manipulation. But the second uh, you got some regular people on Reddit that try to do the exact same thing that they do. All of a sudden, uh, they got to shut it down. I personally, I have Robinhood, and I was like, I was excited. I'm like, oh my goodness, let me get in on this. And when I, by the time I got to it, they said, uh, Robinhood said, oh, you're no longer these stocks are no longer uh, uh, being able. You can trade with these stocks, um, and they shut that down. So. Um, I just think that this is how the system is actually designed and this is how the system disciplines itself to maintain levels of inequality in certain uh, places. And um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I would add. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I feel like given what you just said, I can, I feel like I need to give uh, Josh an opportunity to to respond, um, just because you know he supports capitalism. I'm not saying it's necessarily a bad thing, or it doesn't have. It's not all bad. So I just, Josh, do you? I don't know. What would you say to that? Are you saying that? You know, this is just, well, uh, I, this is just how this is it's, working itself out. I mean, did you agree? Yeah, I think I think this is part of the process. But the the obvious thing, like you mentioned, uh, I didn't know that uh, that hedge fund had a large stake in Robinhood, and that's a basic conflict of interest. I mean, it's it has it really doesn't have to do with um, particularly capitalism. It's like somebody who's going to be affected by it owns a large chunk of the company, so they're not going to want that to happen because it hurts them. Uh, the good thing about, I think, capitalism is this should show alternatives. And, and you know, there's brokerages being made left and right. I'm sure there's a lot that are still allowing you to trade GameStop. And the fact that there's competition out there means that there can be another Robin Hood that stays true to the ideal of bringing it to the people. And they can exist and they can create and they can compete and put Robin Hood out of business, which is what capitalism is. Yeah, I mean, I think I think one of the things that's interesting is that, you know, while we're seeing... I think while there's a lot to decry when it comes to Robinhood, I mean, one could argue that, you know, without Robinhood sort of pushing all these other brokerages to to move forward with zero commission uh, buying and selling of stocks, a lot of regular people wouldn't be in the stock market. I honestly, I had to say myself included, right? Like I jumped into the stock market right before things crashed um, in March. And because of it, I've learned a great deal about how people you know, increase their wealth or how money gets shifted in our economy. And a lot of the reason that that was the case is because, you know, Robinhood, just by them pushing forward like zero commission stocks, now there's a bunch of companies that also offer that service. So one could say that Robinhood is also sort of reshaping the way that we interact with money and allowing, you know, retail investors access to this market, even if, you know, when they gain a foothold into other people's profits, their access becomes limited. Um, it it did change that. I don't I don't know what you guys would say about that. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I mean, regardless, whatever we believe about Robinhood, they did change the game. There's a lot of places that aren't charging commission now, and it's because of competition. That's it. So the new thinker. I mean, would you? I you you think that uh, this is just a a minor sort of. Um, window dressing to, to a larger, uh, more destructive capitalism, or I mean, I don't know. What are your What are your thoughts? I I think you know, uh, and I'm I'm not sure what your audience is, so they might think I'm just some like bomb throwing revolutionary or something. But um, capitalism is by its very nature destructive, like. No, no, okay, so Thomas Piketty actually wrote this huge book, this book. He did uh, this research and he studied capitalist societies all over the world. And his conclusion was that capitalism by its very nature generates inequality. So when I, when I by the way, it's a really, really big book. Um, when, so when I see these activities um, and strange, all of a sudden you don't gain access to uh, certain, um, you know, tech, uh, excuse me, um, financial uh, systems or whatever. Um, that to me is just part of its functioning. So, you know, I, I think that capitalism is very good at creating narratives around like, oh my God, what you all were saying, Robin Hood, it brought it to the people and 
because of competition, it forced other people to do it. But that was to bring more people into the market to to help business in and of itself. But I think when when that when that that interest convergence kind of clashes too strongly, which I think is what happened, then you have a type of reshaping itself to kind of like um, push it down to a certain back to a certain level. So, um, you know, it's it's the same thing when, uh, you know, one of my favorite um, analogies about this is when Slavo Zizia talks about how Starbucks um, kind of like convinces people to buy its stuff. So they'll say, if you buy enough coffee, um, we'll uh, provide, you know, free water to this poor um, neighborhood in the middle of the world somewhere else that you don't know about. So feel good about spending $8 on some coffee. Um, at the same time, it's deforesting those places. It's uh, stripping those places of resources. And so that is the structure. So it's really good at creating narratives, I think. And so, uh, you know, I don't want to get too caught up in how good Robin Hood did because now it's, now it's moving towards a, a part of the system that is just about domination and control. Hmm. Well, so actually, um, I guess some people feel like these uh, this whole Reddit forum that these these people are are uh, I guess people don't really know how they feel about them. Okay, are they people who are heroes because they're they're going after you know large companies because they found that they had short positions, or are they pulling? Uh, I guess retailing are they giving bad financial advice in order to I don't know help increase their own wealth because you know even when if you're trying to if you were trying to get into buy you know GameStop stock on Thursday when they prevented you from doing it you're you're buying it at a, a in, incredibly inflated price at that point so you're very it's very likely that you would lose out on money because you know GameStop has never been in the 300s or 400s right so if i tell you to buy some stock and it you know artificially increases that stock am i just doing it because i i want to make a bigger profit um so i don't know i guess arash dr d how, how do you how do you see these uh these redditors like are they uh, are they heroes or you know are they are they just as bad as the people they're trying to take down um, I think just to take a step back in order to answer your question, Chuma, I would say like some people might say the solution to capitalism is a better economic system. That's probably, I mean, I, I would guess that's what Educate would say and definitely for me, but I, I would say that if we're not going to do that, there at least has to be a supplemental system that has, that has layers of baked democratic socialism in it that picks up where capitalism leaves off and continues the mission without causing greater harm elsewhere on housing, on land, on education, on medicine, etc. Um, and I would say that like, in order to think about like the Redditors as kind of going back to what you were saying, Chuma, as a precursor to the conversations that we need to have to create that supplemental system, mm -hmm. In order to get there, we have to have the conversations that are broached by instances like this, where we see those hypocrisies that Josh was talking about, or those the damage that that New Thinker was talking about. And for me, it's just this idea of like, like for example, there's hedge funders that invest in GameStop. Like at That's the end true. of the day, like Kanye said, the white man get paid off of all of that, right? So the stock going up 
their stock owners, their shareholders are making making good on this too, and they're la they're large firms because people forget like GameStop was a huge company for years, decades. So, um, and, and just to say that even this week, there's a lot of evidence that you know when it comes to retail investors, they were actually there's evidence that a lot of retail investors, small folks, were actually selling. And, but despite that, the volume of stocks that have been bought hasn't really gone down over the last week, which suggests that very large companies see the opportunity that, that was there, at least in the short term, to engage in the short squeeze as well and make money off of the stock going up. So your point as well. Right. Uh, and I would say it's insufficient. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I'll let you no, 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 that was I was just saying. Your point is valid. <laughs> yeah, and I was just going to say, it's, is, it, is it better for an economic system like capitalism to rely on a supplemental system that can like serve as a safety net or can we continue to do what we've been doing wait for shit to hit the fan people to get actually harmed in a material way and then rely on things like philanthropy charity and religious communities to make up for the deficiencies of this the system that was inherently created off the backs of indigenous people and black people so if we think about the fact that there would be no capitalism if we didn't have indentured human servitude with melanated skin for 450 years, then, then we would have created the system that was supplemental in lockstep with capitalism itself. So I say all that to say that a large portion um, of the money that has been spent by the redditors in trying to boost is is um, nominal when compared to who's actually making out right because at the end of the day what i think is going to happen is Robinhood's going to double down on their stance their hedge funders and their investors like citadel are way too important to them and the casino is going to win the house always wins and going back to new thinkers point that tells you that this is all by design this is not a once in a blue moon type event there are just events like this that are not as hyperbolic and as all over you like seen all over the the media stratosphere so um it's important to know that the solving every problem or meeting every need it cannot be a reactionary point and i think this was a point you and josh were making in our last conversation Truman, is that like there has to be something preemptive and proactive to come out of this and I would say at the very least, the Redditors broached that conversation. Now, if there is no accountability, sure, to Josh's point, there will be competition that'll put Robinhood at a at a business, but then what? You know? So like is the conversation going to be a temporal one? Are we gonna continue having long lasting conversations? And my guess is no, because once you've chagrined and disenfranchised people from wanting to play, the same people are gonna wanna play. Uh, the, the stock market, which is the people who already had the money to invest in the first place, then it defeats the purpose of democratizing. What ends up happening is the people who were already willing to take those calculated risks that Josh was talking about, people who play stocks just like on a day-to-day -day basis or it's part of their like actual profession, um, that's not who we're having this conversation about. We're having this conversation about whether Robinhood is staying true to their name and whether they're a microcosm of a larger issue. It sounds like New Thinker and I are saying they are a microcosm of a larger issue. So I don't, I don't want to speak for you and Josh, but I, I, I mean, 
I know that they're a microcosm of a larger issue. And I could give you facts just from the prison industry, the school industry. I mean, you know, uh, a lot of the states where they allow open carry on college campuses, unlike the college campus that I teach at, there's an investment by hedge funders in writing laws in lockstep with the NRA. I mean, these same hedge funders who are doing this do shit like that. So it's 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 a it's being able to afford to manipulate policy and getting them legalized. There's a great book by Ian Haley Lopez. It's called White by Law, and it's basically about the intersection of whiteness and capitalism. And it's and 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 it shows how like things don't always have to say white in order for capitalism to show you who's really pulling the levers. And 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 there's an example of in the book he talks about how like uh, different schools, hedge funders who invest in their board of trustees, literally those are the people who write laws about whether college students feel that, that, that uh, implicate the safety of college students. These people don't have children who go to these schools. These people are not students themselves at these schools, but they're dictating the lives of 18 to 22 year olds based on the fact that they um, are looking at the school as a plantation. It's a veritable plantation of asses and seats. Hmm. And the more asses and seats in a red state that perhaps is an open carry state, they can exploit that. So the rules existing doesn't make it democratic. Like having a rule that impacts everyone doesn't make it democratic. Democratic is um, equity. And that's a conversation that I think we should have here in this forum is what would equity look like in response to this? Would it be a one-off policy decision or even a slap on the wrist? Or would it be something that would actually um, manipulate the edifice or structure of how capitalism regulates or corrects itself, as Newthinker was saying? So, mm. Okay. Yeah. I was, I was going to say something. I don't know if Newthinker was... No, 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 Josh. You, you go right ahead. Yeah. So the, the first thing is, I think we have to realize when you say accountability... As much, you know, concern and empathy we have for people who may play the stock market and retail investors, I'm, I mean, people are adults and they have to realize that they have license agreements that, and there's, there's things that are set up to say, hey, these things may lose value. And I know there's lawsuits that happen because of manipulation, but you should take this into account when you're putting your money in something. And that's why I don't, I would not recommend anybody who doesn't have Complete disposable income. And I mean, like, like you put in money and you're okay with losing every single cent of that. That's how you should feel like with money you put in the stock market. Because at the end of the day, it's not a good, inve- it's not a good investment strategy. Like, I always tell people, like, I'm not saying it's, it's a waste of your money. But when I heard this GameStop thing, I was like, I'm not, somebody texted me like, hey, did you get on GameStop? I'm like, no, I'm not going to go into that. Like, no, I just, there's other stuff you can do with your money that is, is, is more reliable. And and I think the best return on investment you'll get is is not by gambling on a Reddit forum, but the hard stuff, like like putting it in yourself or, or working on yourself or working on your education. I mean, there's so many other things you can do besides putting money in the stock market. I just, I feel like putting too much blame on like an institution or like the market in large companies, like it goes down to the individual. Like nobody forces you to put your money in there. Like, yeah, I mean, I got it. It's a great way to, you know, to gamble your money. But like, you can't be honest if you're an adult and think that you're gonna 
be able to, to bet against like giant institutions and expect to win in a reasonable fashion. I mean, like, I think that that comes down to like, like common sense. And, and sometimes people learn the hard way and, and, and that might just be part of the learning process. Like this, they're going to find ways around it, but it's, that's not all capitalism. It's not all the stock market. There's a lot of other things you can do with your money. There's a lot of opportunities you can do. There's a lot of people who create businesses. Yeah. There's no reason this should be a, a complete indictment on, on capitalism. It's, 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 it's an indictment on the stock market and the way our financial system works. But as capitalism as a whole, I don't think so. So I think that's, well, I think, I think there's a lot of interesting things there. Um, you know, I think there's a couple of things is one, um, it's funny. People always keep once, Twitter is such an interesting space because there's like receipts for everything. Um, one of the big things that I don't know, Robin who was very big on was let the people trade. Um, and I think, you know, yes, of course, buying stock of GameStop when I'm super high was probably not a great decision. Um, but one, neither is going to a casino and, you know, spending a couple thousand dollars, but we, we have casinos are open to people. They can go and do whatever they want. Occasionally they win money. Occasionally they don't. And people should have, you know, I don't know, the right to put their money wherever they want, even if they're not necessarily, they don't have the most, even though they don't, they don't have a degree, an MBA or whatever in finance or stock market. But I also think that it, it does go um, deeper for some people, right? It isn't just about um, throwing money willy nilly. Uh, just hoping to get a couple bucks. Um, there was actually an interesting post on Reddit that I, I wanted to read to you guys, just because I think there's a there are people who um, who 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 for them this is this is a little bit deeper than misinformation. So uh, the redditor is Space Peanut. <laughs> um, he basically writes this. Uh, I remember when the housing collapse sent a torpedo through my family. My father's concrete company collapsed almost overnight. My father lost his home. My uncle lost his home. I remember my brother helping my father count pocket change on our kitchen table. That was all the money he had left in the world. While this was happening in my home, I saw hedge funders literally drinking champagne as they looked down on the Occupy Wall Street protesters. I will never forget that. My father never recovered from that blow. He fell deeper and deeper into alcoholism and exists now as a shell of his former self waiting for death. This is all the money I have, and I'd rather lose it all than give it to them, give them what they need to destroy me. Taking money from me won't hurt me because I don't value it at all. I'll burn it all down just to spite you. This is for you, Dad. Um, so for me... When I read a piece like that, uh, it it makes me feel like there is something deeper uh, to to what some of these folks in the Reddit forums are are trying to get at. Um, I don't know if does this hit you guys in certain ways, like the new thinker Arash. Do you guys want to speak to this at all? Like, what, what do you think about this? I mean, to me, it just kind of spells out i mean it's it's so fascinating um actually this conversation because to me it spells out what the impact is on people right when you when you're doing these stocks and you're doing all this stuff that's pretty much financial uh, like incomprehensible yeah i mean just to actually make a quick point um that i was thinking about we had to start this conversation 
trying to explain the bizarre nature of um, shorting stocks, right? Which feels like, for my as a as a regular person, feels like you know some financial ninja magic. Um, and um, but it talks about like what happens when you have a stock market, which isn't actually like the question we should also be asking is what is the stock market, right? Like what's the purpose of it, <laughs> right? It doesn't represent value. It doesn't represent any like intrinsic value. It's about speculation, right? That's trying to derive some sort of economic profit, um, right? It's like a virtual world that was created and hedge fund people and massive financial institutions set the rules. Um, and and as a result, when, when that system gets out of whack, it's, it lands on normal people and it's complete devastation. Talked about uh, the housing market crash. People still don't really understand necessarily everything that happened. It was derivatives on derivatives and mixed match, double, super crazy magic. I can explain um, that. that. Well, uh, I, let me finish and I'll let you explain that. Um, but the problem, the problem is that you have to explain it. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> and that, and that there are financial institutions that can do all this math. I mean, they hire the smartest mathematical people and create for instance, like algorithms that handle trading by themselves. I think I saw one quote that said that it's not um, like hedge fund people versus retail traders, it's hedge funds versus hedge funds because of the enormous amount of uh, the, the big advantage that they have over normal people. Um, but I think what you're talking about speaks to what is the, um, the aftermath and what is the impact of such a volatile, destructive system where people are in this kind of ca casino capitalism structure and when it bursts or something weird happens people lose their homes people lose their life savings people there's a there's recessions and all these kinds of things happen and that is um the result result of this system i mean i don't think any system like this um uh deserves the right to exist um one of my friends recently and before i finish up was telling me that there's more debt than there actually is capital in the, in the entire world. This is the virtual reality that we live. Like this, the system that we have created has, the system that we have created has created these conditions that are impossible, ridiculous, uh, and completely esoteric and benefit wealthy, powerful financial people. And when they get done playing around um, and they make a mistake or they take it too far, people's lives are devastated. Um, and so, you know, that's what I would say. Uh, so I see, I saw some head nods from Arash. I don't know if you wanted to, did you want to piggyback or, or add? Yeah, that? I mean, I, I would say like, or what this shows us is that like overconsumption and and quite frankly, monopolies, while they are not necessarily, um, uh, written features of capitalism. They're absolutely byproducts that are encouraged and incentivized. And you can't live like that when there's a limited amount of capital. And you also can't assume that we live in a hyper-individualized world when we live in a globalized society where everyone is connected, as COVID has already reinforced for us. So there aren't individualized consequences. And the too bad, so sad approach to that, then I would just say same energy then, right? Then you guys created this system 
and you're gonna pull the rug out from the people that you aim to be democratizing a market for i mean then keep it a buck keep it funky with your customers you're not real you're you're bullshit right so accountability would be not only dismantling Robinhood, but sending a message that this can't continue but they're not going to do that you we all know that that's not what's going to happen and any any um institution that's inextricably linked to the harm of others as a result of its own overconsumption and indulgence in building upon the capital that they've already accumulated at the expense of others because capitalism means that you build wealth at the expense of others nobody builds wealth without stepping on the necks of other people there is no like honest altruistic capitalism like and i will die on this hill especially as a refugee whose brothers didn't have to die on landmines that were funded by the u.s even though we weren't at war with the u.s the weapons that killed my brothers were funded by the u.s again capitalism so understanding that there is no hyper individualized consequence um really should propel some empathy not only in this forum but for institutions like robinson otherwise they'll be dismantled but yes another company is going to come and do the same thing without a long-term policy change and i'm saying while accountability might be something that's esoteric for the four of us to agree on what does equity look like because it sounds like we don't even agree that like all four of us don't even seem to be synchronized in terms of what equity looks like well actually I and i'm saying that it should work both ways you can't have that same energy of like think about your choices when the material conditions in which sometimes choices have to be made are very different than the people who make choices that want to be made hmm well hold on so i guess a question i had when you talk about accountability are you tell me well i was responding to something that josh said earlier and josh maybe you can respond to this but um just like what does accountability even look like i don't know what it looks like but i know that i i think i have an idea of what i want out of equity and in none of the forums that i've been on about this or conversations i've had with people about this has the word equity come up and i'm wondering if that's kind of the problem is that we're not talking about how to avoid this we're just talking about how to punish this one company in this one situation so and that's me short sighted. So I would say, and I'll let Josh kick it out to this, but I would say when I think about accountability, I would say if somebody was coming from a, a free market, I don't know, laissez-faire, libertarian way of seeing it, they'd probably say, well, you know, uh, what should have really happened was the Robin Hood, you know, Ameritrade should not have been able to manipulate people's ability to buy and sell stocks and companies like, what's it called? Um, you know, uh, Melvin Capital, you know, Citron or Citrusel, whatever, whoever it was, um, they should have just been able to lose, you know, this limitless amount of money, the $70 billion, and then dissolve, that hedge fund would have dissolved, and then maybe in the future, people would short sell less. Um, I think if you came from like a regulatory standpoint, you could say, well, maybe, you know, the fact that, uh, what is it, Melvin Capital was able to not just short a hundred percent of GME stock, but the fact they shorted like a hundred and forty percent of their stock, so they were shorting things that didn't even exist. Maybe we shouldn't have. Maybe they just shouldn't have the ability 
to do that moving forward. And maybe we should, you know, change the markets. Uh, the, the market should be more focused on how do we, um, how do we look more towards companies that are going to do good as opposed to preying on companies that are on their way out. Or like, you know, how do we think about, like, I think a lot of us have, I mean, a lot of us who play video games or whatever, or even a lot of these re retail investors, the things that they're investing in, like, you know, BlackBerry, Nokia, um, Bed Bath & Beyond, you know, a lot of these stocks were going up as people were, you know, indulging more in buying stocks on Robinhood because they have some nostalgia, right? And like, what if the idea is just be like, how do we, how do we help these companies reimagine where they could be as opposed to where they are now um so i'm not taking sides i'm just saying these are just some ideas i don't know if josh you can chime in because i know you were he had kicked the question to you yeah so so i think accountability when it comes to a, a large company or any company like let's just say gamestop um accountability means if you started a business and your services or products aren't as useful anymore to the consumers then then you fail and and then if you know if you want to do better then you'll make another company um when it comes to you know people and like i guess equity i i don't think this is the kind of uh conversation when it comes to the stock market um that you should be having because it's by it's inherently a gamble i mean like how are you gonna you can democratize it. You can you can lead a horse to water, but you can't expect people to to everyone to gain appropriately. It's 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 literally inherent. Like you, you're gonna gamble, and that's how you could potentially win. The same way you could potentially lose. You you have to be accept responsibility either way, and that's part of taking a risk. Um, hmm. When it comes to these, these the hedge funds, maybe the way they could change this, and this is kind of the intersection of when it's a problem for regular people. Is when you know they could short a company that somebody's retirement's in. So maybe they shouldn't bail out, or there should be regulations on how much a company that uses short selling can be bailed out. And that's what I would say, because the short selling is very risky, as we can see. And if we found out that one of these hedge funds got bailed out by government dollars, I think that'd be a problem. Not saying because it's a hedge fund getting bailed out, but because it's getting bailed out and they did something that is inherently like super, super risky. Like you don't even know how much money you can lose. That's that, that my solution would be if you're, if you have this much percentage of your, I don't know, fund that's involved in shorting, then if you do that, you're not going to be able to be eligible for certain uh, bankruptcy protections or, or bailouts from the government because you took that risk. The same way is if you are a person that, took out risk in the stock market, you shouldn't expect you shouldn't expect to not lose money because you're taking a risk. I, I don't know. I, I just can't I can't wrap my head around the fact that people think this is wrong when half the people are gonna be losing money and half the people are gonna be making money. This is just how it is. Hmm. I, I don't <laughs> I guess the people making money already had money and this is not just about making money. This is about the fact that this is not exclusive to robin hood in the stock market this happens in education this happens in prisons this happens with medicine i'm sure chuma can talk about that ad nauseum so 
to make it only about that is disingenuous. Okay. Uh, so I, the new thinker, I don't know if you, you had some, you, were you going to chime in? I don't know. I think, well, it's, you know, I think Josh is very intelligent. Um, and he's thinking things through a very logical way. Um, but he's thinking at them at a micro way, a micro kind of um, structure. And I think me and Arash are probably just speaking to macro trends. So it is true. Everything like, you know, a normal person downloads an application or signs up for a brokerage and they put money in. It's a risk. That's something they have to be aware about. Um, and, you know, you have to, there's a type of uh, financial responsibility every person has to have um, working in this society. If you want to live. listen, I have Robin Hood because, you know, as I know I've been going on about um, capitalism, but that doesn't preclude me from wanting to live a nice life and to have nice things. Um, I'm just talking about the overall structure and what it does. So the overall structure, you can't, it, it, when, you, when you look at the overall structure, you have macro trends where you have major pools of money that consistently go towards that end of the spectrum. And you have people who are consistently violated, disrespected, and delegitimized constantly. Um, this is this is the perfect example of this, right? You you have financial huge hedge funds who do all this financial magic. They manipulate the markets every single day. As soon as you get some kind of like pranksters, some people call on Reddit uh, on Reddit um, trying to do the same thing, they shut it down, right? And so. Um, but I want to say this one thing for me, like sociologically speaking, when we talk about account accountability, one way that um, I had a professor break it down to me is like, well, how do you know when to blame the individual or to blame the system that's happening? And he said, well, um, if you if you if a teacher gives a test, right, and 10 people fail that test, um, then you might be like, well, maybe those 10 people didn't study. Maybe we got to hold those people accountable. But if you give a test and 60 people fail, or in this case, the United States, millions of people fail, or in poverty, don't have access to funds, et cetera, then you might want to take a look at the system because something bigger might be happening than everybody's just irresponsible or lazy or not being um, intelligent with, with the money that they have. So, I mean, I would, I would try to counter that type of like uh, blaming the kind of uh, people. Um, by the way, I mean, the deregulation that has happened, even in just the last four years. I mean, I, you have you have Bernie. There was a billionaire crying on one of these uh, MSNBC uh, financial finance uh, TV shows. And he's like, I can't believe this is ridiculous. They shouldn't be doing this. This is not how the stock market goes. And Bernie Sanders said, well, cry me a river. Another billionaire is is crying about losing some money while there's people literally dying on the street and can't put food on the table. Right. So. I think for me to end what I'm saying is that fundamentally speaking, when we see a system that produces these egregious outcomes, you got um, Jeff Bezos, who's probably going to be the first trillionaire. What, how in the world can we condemn a system? I, I mean, how in the world can we condone a system that allows that to happen, right? Like as a just civilized society. So actually, and that, that billionaire you're speaking of, I think he was the one who said that actually what the redditors was doing was a uh, attack on the wealthy specifically 
Um, so uh, the the last but I think I want to get to is um, Arash, you've been talking a lot about equity um, and I, I haven't probed and pushed in that. Tell me just a little bit more when you say equity. Are you talking about equity as it pertains to this situation or what? Can you just expound on that a little bit? I'm saying equity like so a bank, right? So let's not talk about casinos and markets. Let's talk about a bank. If a bank can just decide where people can live based on how they authorize mortgage loans, don't you think then it opens itself up to other biases like racial biases? Like I don't want a black person to move next to me. So even though they have a high credit score, I'm not going to approve their loan. This literally happened last year. Wells Fargo lost $100 billion for doing to doing this um, to black communities throughout the United States. And so what do we then say when we only punish Wells Fargo rather than doing a further examination of how we got to this point in the first place? What would equity look like in that situation? Equity would be like, stand by what you say. If there's a certain credit score to qualify for something, and a certain amount of assets and investments to qualify for something, then it should, it should, um, like word is bond for lack of a better term. Like I honestly don't even know what to say because these people seem like they can just frivolously and whimsically change the own, their own rules. So it's almost like, it's like the, it, it it's almost like only, a, you know, putting cleats on one person and giving pers the other person socks and saying, run a race. Well, you shouldn't have ran the race. You only have socks. Well, then who do you hold accountable? The person for attempting to run the race or the people who put the sp sporting event together in the first place? So it's, it's almost like we're coming for these Redditors for trying to do the thing that all these other people have been doing and we're blaming them. It's almost like blaming the victim. Hmm. It is like victim and gaslighting them for playing in the first place. Like you wouldn't say that to all these other people who get exploited every day by capitalism that we can talk about, but I also don't want to get too far off topic, but it's, it's two sides of the same coin, which is the coin of um, exploitation and, and uh, overconsumption. And when you incentivize overconsumption without any semblance of equity, meaning giving everyone shoes, then you can't talk about the race. You can't talk about how democratic and laissez-faire the race is when not everyone even got cleats on. Right, right. Well, you know, most of my episodes with interviews usually go for about an hour, so it's getting to that time. Um, so I really just want to thank all my guests for coming on, whether that's the ex-roommate, ex- uh, AKA co-founder of Comedio for coming on and the new thinker for shedding knowledge a little bit and uh, Dr. D himself. It seems like at the end, I think some important questions that I feel like we have to throw around, which would be at some point, I don't know if we have, probably don't have time, but just thinking about, you know, um, what is the stock market for? I think that was an excellent question. You know, is it is it all just about speculation? Um, or, you know, do these numbers that we ascribe to stocks actually have any sort of particular value? Um, who gets to play? Um, you know, and what are the rules around who gets to play? Uh, and, and how do we, how do we, how do we protect players who have, who don't have the same amount of information and power as players who, who do have greater amounts of information and power? And then, uh, you know, while capitalism 
is the ruling sort of ideology of the day um it's not perfect uh and it's far from perfect and and i think there are some people who would argue that one it's pulling us towards more exploitation and more wealth inequality while other people would say that it's over time becoming constructed into what it is not yet um so difficult questions uh, I really loved having you guys on. Uh, usually at the end, I usually just give people, you get the last word. Um, so I'll kick it to each one of you guys at a time. You get the last word, just say if there's anything that, you know, is burning on your heart, you know, you can get it out. So I'll start with the ex-roommate. Uh, closing closing thoughts. What, what, what do you have for us? I, I hope that we deal with this issue and, and people get somewhat measure of justice out of this whole thing. I, I really hope that everyone is somewhat satisfied with the outcome of this. I don't know what's going to happen, but yeah. I would hope yeah. that That's, I mean, we, we cannot have love without justice. Uh, yeah. Dr. D, uh, what are your closing thoughts? Uh, I mean, quickly, any boom can turn into a crash. I mean, I think all four of us agree on that point. And at the win if something can turn into a crash that has material outcomes that New Thinker talked about, when a market sentiment, not an actual policy, but a market sentiment changes, um, that seems very unstable at a time, especially when people are in such economically starved and precarious situations individually. So while I agree with the point of people need to assess their risk when they make decisions on their own lives, I also think that we need to think a little bit more broadly before thinking about the clientele rather than the people who are serving the clientele and how they change the rules at a, at a moment's whim when it doesn't suit them and if someone can do that and you know that that system is rigged then i think it's at least beckons um and stands to reason to at least maybe interrogate other systems that operate the same way because this country during a pandemic at a time when black and brown people are four times more likely to die of COVID, not as a result of COVID itself, but as a result of pre-existing conditions related to their material access to resources and capital, is not the time to be making these kind of whimsical changes that impact people's lives materially. So if you can do that, I would say it's at least stands the reason to interrogate that system. Hmm. Okay, okay. And then uh, we'll, we'll finish it off with uh, the new thinker. Closing, closing thoughts on any of this from GameStop to uh, the uh, capitalism as a whole? Well, um, I want to thank y'all for a riveting conversation. You know, I would say that um, Robin Hood uh, could do a final act and live up to its name and give back money to everybody uh, that they um, prevented from capitalizing on this market manipulation. They won't do that, of course, because they are becoming a part of the financial elites um, and uh, they are going to profit over this kind of uh, now mytho mythology of um, being for the people, uh, but acquiescing and uh, being subordinate uh, to big financial um, systems of power. Uh, I think that 
Um, the Redditors are heroes, um, unlikely heroes, because they expose the ridiculousness of the system and how you can take a company that everybody knows has no business really being a business anymore and somehow through some financial levers um, increase its speculative value and make a lot of money and now you know people we see the rebound effect so you know um i agree with what arash said earlier the house always wins um in theory the stock market would be in a, an interesting place if um it was an evil even playing field but it's not and um that's what i would say and um yeah thank you for having me in this conversation Chuma. thank you Chuma. appreciate you and thank you guys I actually for the comment to, to be my last message i think the most oh, important look at this guy he uh, he wants to get back in you okay the clock's ticking you got you got 30 seconds clock's okay I got, i'll take it 10 seconds everyone should invest in themselves in their education that's the best return on investment that's what i got you can get from any of us well, well, you know, he's just giving us a sneak preview potentially to a future episode, which I think we can delve a little bit deeper into education and how maybe we can all make an investment. Uh, but, you know, maybe one person's got cleats and the other person's got slides, you know, and who, who's going to win that race? So um, it'll be a future episode. So I'm just saying thank you guys for all. Uh, joining us there will be a couple i'm gonna link to one comedio's um website i'll link to dr d's um his you know, fashion line and I'm, I'm gonna link to all their twitter accounts and whatnot just so you guys you guys can follow them moving forward because they definitely you know i mean you've heard the things they have to say they're definitely all very um interesting folks so with that thank y'all and uh peace out Thank you guys. Thank you so much.